I want to read some uh, parts of the Bible. Uh, these are thoughts that I'm going to share today. I've shared <clears throat> with some leaders here at church before, and uh, many of the leaders asked me, said, "Look, I feel we need to reshare this at, for a wider, uh, in a wider context at church this morning." And so I'm going to share these thoughts again, but not just from the way that I shared it with the leaders, but added at a different angle to what I shared before. And today I'm going to talk about how uh, creating space brings impact. Um, Sometimes for people who who are like myself, who share the word of God, there are one or two messages that we call life messages. What that means is if you've ever had like a, what's the example I can use? If you've ever had like a sherry trifle, you know, a trifle has got lots of layers. What, what are the layers in a trifle? You've got cream, custard, cake, jelly, fruit. Don't you? Or something like that. But if you ever had a sherry trifle, wherever you put the spoon, you're going to taste a bit of the flavor of sherry, whether that's the cream, the custard. The, and, and, and one of those things, that's what life messages. That means if you were able to dissect me and see and sample different parts of my life, whether it was my money or my marriage or my life or my choices, you'd be able to get a certain flavor throughout. And this is one of my life messages that I want to share with you, which is about serving God. Uh, I made a decision early on in my life that God was worth serving, not just because of what I might get out of it, but because of what I've already been given, that I have been given so much and that I am on the receiving end of such generosity that I will spend the rest of my life serving people as a way to say thank you to God who has already served me. There is nothing more. There is nothing more God can do for me because the highest gift has already been given. There is no evidence in the Bible that Jesus was born in December, but in the month of December, we celebrate Christmas. And Christmas is a reminder that the greatest act that God will ever do for us has already been done. And so one of it's important for us to have hope and anticipation and expectation for what God is about to do in the manifestations of his promises. But we have to take a moment to remember that God has already given us his perfect gift. So today I am going for it. As I was preparing for one of these life messages, I just knew uh, that there was something special about today. On Friday, uh, on Friday, I'm just sitting down uh, with Kelly, our office manager. I'm about to go into an interview for a podcast. I get a call from my wife, Reshmi, to say that the car has been involved in an accident. Thankfully, it wasn't too bad and we were able to sort that. And then I, I start the day. And then as we are heading into the evening, I, I find out that some of our core team here are, are unwell with a potential maybe stroke, but it wasn't a stroke. And there were other people who had a potential maybe close to a heart attack, but it wasn't a heart attack. On Saturday morning, I get up and my car is not at all working. That night, I'd driven to Cambridge and back and the car is not working at all. And this morning, Joe, our, our overseer for worship and production message on at 9:40 to say we've got no power in the building if you walked in late today you don't know this but when we walked into the building there was no lights there was no sound and no matter what we were trying to find we couldn't find the course eventually all the teams here fixed it and over the last 48 hours it has been one thing after the other and every time uh, things like that happen my therapist has trained me to ask this one question she says to me whenever things go wrong calm yourself and ask the father father 
What are you doing in this moment? And every time I asked the father over the last 48 hours, Father, what are you doing in this moment? He only told me one thing. Focus on what you need to preach for Sunday. I'm declaring this is going to be a good preach this morning. And God is about to do something in here that he has never done before. And so this is one of my life messages. I can preach this uh, in the morning, in the evening. I can preach this with my eyes closed. This is so much a part of who I am. So 2 Samuel chapter 18 starting from verse 19 is what I'm going to read and I'm hoping that this will inspire and encourage you. This is what it says. Ahimaaz the son of Zadok said, let me run and carry news to the king that the Lord has delivered him from the hand of his enemies. Joab said to him, you are not to carry news today. You may carry news another day, but today you shall carry no news because the king's son is dead. Sorry, if we can go back to the previous slide, let me just give you a context. The king here is David. David is king. David's biggest enemy, unfortunately, is his own son, a guy called Absalom. Absalom is being hunted by the armed forces. Eventually, one day, Absalom is killed. Ahimaaz is a priest. Um, In those days, there was a special family, the family of Levi, Aaron, Levi, and his sons, uh, who were handpicked by God to be priests. That means their job was to serve God. Their job was to worship. Their job was to offer prayers. And and Zadok and Ahimaaz and Zadok, Ahimaaz, his dad, they were all priests. So back in the day, if you were a son of Levi, you automatically knew the moment you had any idea of the world, you knew, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Everybody else had a choice but if you were a son of Levi or if you were from that family tree you had no choice because your choice was that you would be a priest it was the highest opportunity or the highest privilege God could give anybody because it was that out of the entire nation one family got to be picked to be priests I'll show you in a moment why we don't have to be jealous of that privilege because in the new covenant meaning after Jesus came to die and was buried and raised again the bible says we are all the royal priesthood of jesus christ so now we don't have select priests in the church any man woman boy and girl that puts their trust in jesus christ is not just a priest but the bible says we are a royal priesthood that means we are not just handpicked but our very blood lineage can be traced back to royalty because our dna is not so much in who is my dad and who is my mom and some of us in this room may not even know who my dad who your dad is who your mom is because you grew up not knowing who your dad was or your mom was i want to encourage you i don't understand your pain i'm not minimizing your scars or your trauma but i want to tell you this if you have put your trust in jesus you have royal blood in you god is your heavenly father and there is something about your life that is different to everybody else's life because you are part of the royal family so Ahimaaz is a priest and he is um, he is part of the priestly family. Absalom has just died. Absalom says to the commander of the army, let me run and carry news to the king that the Lord has delivered him from the hand of his enemies. Joab said to him, you are not to carry news today. You can carry the news another day, but today you shall carry no news because the king's son is dead. So in those days, 
You didn't actually send news because you had text messages or phone calls. They had what they were called foot runners, which means if you had to pass a message from this end of the country to the other end of the country, you would call somebody in the army whose job was to be a foot runner. They'd say, hey, go and tell the king the king's enemy is dead. And they go, what's the message again? Go and tell the king. So the king's enemy is dead. Okay, I'll go. And they'll start running all the way to the palace. And so messages in those days were delivered by foot runners. So Zadon, he he is a priest. He doesn't need to be a foot runner. But for some reason, he has chosen voluntarily to enroll himself in the armed forces and be a foot runner. We will see in a moment that this was not just a one-off, that he made a habit of running for God and running for the king and the kingdom, even though he was a priest, he could have very well chosen to be just just limit himself to priestly duties and do the things that priests are supposed to do. But Ahimaaz spent his time sending news. So Ahimaaz says, can I be the one that goes and tells the king that the king's enemy is dead? Joab, verse 20, is the commander of the army. He says to Ahimaaz, don't carry the news today. You carry the news another day. But today you shall carry no news because the king's son is dead. Thank you. Next slide, please. Can we just say thank you to the production team who pulled off all the stops to run this today? And the premises management team who were troubleshooting. They have had a stressful morning. And uh, Shade uh, sang the, the or led us in worship today. But last minute, five minutes before service started, she was ready with another set list to lead us in acoustic worship. And, and then she had to switch last minute. Thank you to such agility that the teams here have been showing. Incredible. So good. So Joab said to the Cushite in the Old Testament, if you ever see the word Cushite, it means someone from Ethiopia. Joab said to someone from Ethiopia, you go tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed before Joab and ran. Let's have a couple of volunteers. Stuart, because you've done all the work today, I'm going to make you do some more work. Because your legs are warmed up anyway, you've been up and down trying to fix the light issue. This here is the Ethiopian. This is the Cushite who gets given the news, and this bearded gentleman over here is Ahimaz. Okay. So Ahimaz says to, to Joab, can I go and tell everybody that the king's enemy is dead? And Joab says to Ahimaz, mate, that's not your job today. Says to the Cushite, right, you go. You, you go tell everybody what the news is. Verse 21, go tell the king what you have seen. The Bible says the Cushite bowed before Joab and ran. I'm not going to make you run. Let's imagine. Let's imagine Stuart here is running. Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, says to Joab, come what may, let me also run behind the Cushite. Are you actually going to go for it? Okay, go on, do it. Everybody wants it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I, I think you'd be two runs short if you were playing cricket, gentlemen. <clears throat> Grab a seat for a moment. And this is what it says. The Cushite bowed before you. Ahimaaz, son of Jalak, said, let me also run. And Joab says to Ahimaaz, why do you want to run? You will get no reward for this job that you're about to do. In those days, 
you were paid at the end of every day. At the end of every day, you went to your employer and you got daily wages. Now, if you were delivering the news to the king, right, that the king's son is dead, it was not one of those days where you could be like, where's my wages? Because it was one of those jobs that you didn't get paid for. Joab says to Ahimez, why do you want this job? There's absolutely no payment in it. Come on, hands up if you are working for an employer and the employer turns around to you tomorrow and says, hey, I want you to know from tomorrow I have decided not to pay you. And you guys, you're going to go, yes, just what I wanted to hear. We wouldn't do that. Why, why run, my son, seeing that you have no reward for this news? Verse, uh, verse 23, come what may, Ahimaaz said, I will run. So Joab says, okay, then run. Now we've got to enact this again, because watch what happens. Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. In other words, he found a shortcut and passed the Cushite on the way, and he arrived there first. You're going to have to use your imagination to how to enact that. Come on, do you want to see these guys run again? Yeah, there you go. You want to see them? Go on. On your marks, get set, go. Use the shortcut, use the shortcut, use the shortcut. To be honest, he did more laps than the other guy, didn't he? <laughs> so, so Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain, meaning a shortcut, and outran the Cushite. Now David, David help me, oh, we've got a David here as well. David help me with a chair, please, onto the stage. David was sitting between two gates and the watchman went up to the roof. If you could just put that over there. Uh, put up to the roof of the gate by the wall. And he lifted his eyes and looked. So in those days again, kings would sit in the palace. And then right on top of the palace or, or, or the top of the building would be watchmen. Watchmen would be placed on top of these palaces. So there's a watchman. Verse 20, 24. David was sitting between two gates. And the watchman went up the roof of the gate by the wall. And he lifted his eyes and he saw a man running alone. So the watchman here is looking and says, I can spot somebody running alone. Verse 25. The watchman called out and told the king and the king said, if he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he drew nearer and nearer. I told you in those days, there were foot runners. So if, if the watchman ever saw people running on their own towards the palace, they would, they would normally walk. But if you saw them running, they just knew, okay, somebody is coming bearing news. The watchman, verse 26, saw another man running. Remember, there's two men running now. And the watchman called to the gate and said, another man is running. And King David is like, he also brings good news. You see, see, uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalms 112, I believe, that the righteous have no fear of bad news. So you've got to be in a place, no matter what you hear on the TV or the news or the recession or whatever, God is your heavenly father. Expect good news this week to happen to you. Expect good news in 2024. He says he's going to come with good news. He doesn't even know what the news is. Verse 27. The watchman said, I think the running of the first one is like the running of Ahimaaz, son of Zadok. The king said, he's a good man and comes with good news. Now, some of you know what this means. Like, you know, how could, watch this, how could the watchman 
see somebody running from a distance and say, it kind of looks like Ahimaaz is running. Because you know, we all walk and run a certain way, don't we? Like if, if, we, if we knew somebody really well, you could tell from a distance, ah, I know who that is. I can't see their face, but the way they're running, I can tell exactly who they are. So the watchman's like, I can't quite make out who they are. Back in the day, they didn't have binoculars and all that. The technology hadn't developed all that. So it looks like I, I, I can't see the face, but it looks like Ahimaaz is running. Look at the king's response. He says, he's a good man and he comes with good news. Ahimaaz cried out to the king, all is well. He bowed down before the king with his face on the earth and said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against the Lord my king. Next verse. And the king said, Is it well with my son Absalom? Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant, your servant, I saw a great commotion, but I did not know what it was. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. Verse, next slide. And, he's, and behold, the Cushite came and the Cushite saying, Good news for my Lord the King, for the Lord has delivered you this day from the hand of all those who rose against you. Thank you, David. So that is the story. I want to talk to you today about creating space to serve God. And when you create space, you increase your impact. You see, back in the day, if you were son of Levi, there was something that you would think is unfortunate but they considered a privilege. And I, wanna, I want you to see two verses. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8 and 9. And then we're going to read Numbers chapter 18, verse 20 to 24. I know this uh, introduction of the story is taking a while. Stay with me. I promise you this is going to inspire you like it's inspired me. Can we read what's on the, on the screen together at the count of three? One, two, three. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, to bless in his name, and to this day. Therefore, Levi has no portion or inheritance with his brothers, The Lord is his inheritance as the Lord your God said to him. So in those days, the entire nation was lined up one person after the other. And they'd go, here's your inheritance. Here's your piece of real estate. Here's your inheritance. Here's your inheritance. And the moment they came to Levi, God would say to Levi, you've got no inheritance. You've got no land. You've got no homes. You've got no farms. Here's why. I am your inheritance. I'm your inheritance. So Ahimaaz growing up knew, always knew, I will never have property. I will never have land to my name. I will never have real estate to my name. I'll never have animals to my name. I'll never have crops to my name. The reason for that is not because God dislikes me, but it's because God has favored me. You know, some people, this quote is not original to me. I read it somewhere. I heard it somewhere. And it says this, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Have you heard that before? Some people are so poor, all they have is money. Aren't you glad that when you put your trust in Jesus, your God became your inheritance. Your God became your portion. Your God became what you own. God would say to Levi, he said, Levi 
has no portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, as the Lord your God said to him. This law is, again, repeated in Numbers. Can we go to the the verse in Numbers? And God is kind of saying the same concept again. And we find this in Numbers 18, verse 20 to 21, where let's, let's, uh, let's all, we'll read it all the way to 24, actually. Let's read it of the screen, verse, uh, at the count of three. One, two, three. And the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the people of Israel. To the Levites, I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance in return for their service that they do, their service in the tent of meeting. Verse 22, so that the people of Israel do not come near the tent of the meeting, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tent of the meeting, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generation and among the people of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. That's really confusing because watch this. For the tithe of the people of Israel, which is present as a contribution to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore, I have said they shall have no inheritance among the people. That's really confusing because God says you're not going to have any inheritance. And then he says, by the way, 10% of everything in this land is yours. Which is it? Like, which is it? Is, is, the, is it that the Levites don't have inheritance? Or is it that all the tithe is theirs? See, God is never against blessing us. Never against giving us wealth, prosperity, a good life. The Bible says everything we need for life and godliness comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God is not against ambition. God is not against drive. God is not against business ideas, the spirit of entrepreneurship. He just wants to know, is he your all in all? When everything else is gone, if you were to lose it all today, if your job was to go and your inheritance was to go and your pension was to go, if all of it was to go, would you still lift your voice and say he is my inheritance he is my portion he is my blessing i have received jesus and because i have received jesus i've received everything else and that's why i believe that there's two ways to serve you serve by saying i can't wait to to do these jobs so i can get applause from people i can't wait to do these jobs because these are the favorite things i get to do i can't wait to do these things because I hope that one day it will lead me to a promotion. You can either serve God hoping that one day you will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Or you can serve him knowing that something greater than that blessing has already been spoken to you. And that blessing is this, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You can either wait for the reward one day and we will all get a reward one day. We will all get a reward. God is not unjust to not give us the reward. We will all have crowns, the Bible says, when we reach there. But the Bible says when the 24 elders met God face to face, they didn't just place their crowns down. The Bible says they threw their crowns on the floor and they looked at the one that was worthy of worship and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. To him belongs wisdom and might and honor and wealth. 
wealth and, and glory and power. When you get to heaven one day, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and God gives you your rewards and your crowns and your blessings, guess what? You're not going to be there going, wow, this is the crown I've been working for all my life. It will pale in comparison because you will be in the presence of one in whose presence sunlight is not necessary because he shines with the brilliance of a thousand suns. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is your portion and is your inheritance. And when you are with him, you are not reward focused. Because what's the point of a reward if I have got the king for myself? Only the people who don't understand that the king is yours are waiting for the rest of their life, hoping for the king's handouts. The only people who don't understand, the only people who are waiting for the king's handouts are the people who realize, who don't realize that they are kings themselves. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are, let's look at that verse in First Peter, I think it is, where Peter the apostle is talking to the churches and he says, come on, we can read this out loud at the count of three, as loud as you can, one, two, three. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his is marvelous light. Come on, you are a priest of God. You are not just a priest, you are a royal priest. So the point is, if you were the royal priest of God, if you were Zadok, if you were Ahimaz, why take up these menial jobs? Why be a foot runner? You're a priest already. And that's why I said, this is one of my life messages. Because I can tell the difference between the people who have met Christ and people who have met religion because they both look the same. Sometimes they can sound the same. Sometimes they can sing the same songs. Sometimes they can attend the same church. But I promise you this. If you have met Christ Jesus... Instead of meeting church, instead of meeting religion, instead of meeting dogma. If you have met Christ Jesus, you will be able to come down from your position of priesthood and say, give me any job, come what may, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, give me anything, I'm going to run. I can look at your life and prove whether you have loved the world the way Christ has loved you. Christ's love for you was not a small love, it was a large love, it was not a stingy love, it was a generous love, it was not a conditional love, it was an unconditional love, it was not an ending love, it was an unending love, it was not a love that stopped when your performance stopped. It was consistent in the morning and in the evening. And I want to ask you today, if you are truly aware of your priesthood, if you are truly aware that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, if you are truly aware that your houses and your cars and your bank balances make you feel good, but the greatest possession you have is that Christ has already moved on the inside of you. Christ is your inheritance. And if you live in the revelation of that, then your life then your life will show me who you've met. 
because you will start doing the same thing. The Bible says Christ, even though he was equal with God, did not regard equality with God as something to hold on to. But he humbled himself and took the point of a slave and became obedient to the point of death. Therefore, Christ has also exalted him and given him the name that is above every other name so that at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. If you have met Jesus Christ of Nazareth, then you will love like him. You will live like him. You will talk like him. You will give like him. You will serve like him. You will be like Ahimaaz and say come what may let me run and when people say why do you do it there's no reward you're not going to get any payment nobody's going to applaud you it says it's not for the applause my reward is already in the bank Christ is my inheritance Christ is my portion Christ who has been given to me is already mine you cannot reward me anymore than I've already been rewarded you cannot appreciate me more than I've already been appreciated you cannot endorse me more than I've already been endorsed you cannot applaud me more than already what heaven has already applauded me. God has said to me that I am his beloved child. He has made me into a royal priesthood. He has made me into a royal nation. Now, come what may, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. There's no reward, but I'm going to run. Somebody else had the idea first. I'm going to run. Somebody else is running in front of you. I'm going to run. Whatever happens, I'm going to run. And that's why if there is any hint of jealousy about anybody else in your life, it's an invitation for you to meet the real Jesus Christ. Because you can look at that person and go, hey, that was my idea. That was my idea that I'll take the news. I can't believe he got to send. He got sent before that. I've met religious churches before. One of the one of the things I have the privilege of doing is I have the privilege of going to other churches and helping other churches. And it doesn't happen in this church, but in so many religious churches, I've seen people say, "Hey, I, I can't I can't believe they got promoted. They just got saved last week. I've been here and I've been saved twenty years, and I can't believe they got to run ahead of me." If you see that coming out of somebody else's mouth, they have met religion, but they have not met Jesus Christ because you need to know anybody can get the credit anybody can run before you I will run behind anybody else I'll be happy not because it is fair but because it is so unfair that my portion was Jesus Christ himself that is unfair therefore if that has already been done if my inheritance is already Jesus Christ if God has already become my portion then come what may I will run come what may I will run Come what may, I will run. I'll run. I'll run behind anybody. I am told I don't know music very well, but I'm told that the hardest, one of the hardest roles to audition or to get or recruit in an orchestra is somebody who plays the second violin. Not the main violin, but the second violin. The second violinist has to be as good as the main violinist, but their role is not to play any of the main parts. It's just to accompany the main violinist. It's very hard to get because everybody who gets that good wants to be the main violinist. But nobody wants to play the second fiddle to the main person who's playing the fiddle. I want to ask you, if you have met Jesus Christ, who humbled himself from the point of being the king of kings, taking on your sin, your damnation, your curse, your diseases, your guilt upon his body. And he was mocked, spit upon and broken died a horrible bloody gruesome death 
for you will you not do the same for his church will you not do the same for the people around because god is inviting you now to run the way he ran to give the way he gave to love the way he loved i told you this is my one of my life services this is one of my life messages i want to spend the rest of my life serving god not in order to get what i will get one day yes i will get the rewards one day i will get what it is one day and it will be amazing i will get the rewards and i will get the applause and the bible says in in the, in the book of timothy that there is a reward waiting for anybody who is running the race but people who are much better than me called the 24 elders i have a snapshot of what they did when they got the reward the bible says god came to them and and placed on their stew can i borrow one of these thick placed on them one a reward a crown a crown it was full of gold and diamonds and silver and precious stones if you sold one of those crowns you're probably a billionaire but the bible says that when the 24 elders met the one who gave them the crown the bible doesn't say they placed their crowns on the floor the bible says they cast their crowns on the floor because in the presence of the one who is already your inheritance and your rewards diamonds don't matter gold doesn't matter silver doesn't matter the greatest gift you have is the gift of Jesus Christ and he is already yours he's already yours he's already yours the reward is already yours the reward is already yours he is your portion and your inheritance Jesus Christ is your portion and your inheritance So my dad may not like me and my mom may not like me and my husband may have left me and my wife may have left me and my children may have left me but God is my portion and he is my inheritance He is my inheritance God is my inheritance God is my inheritance He is my portion and so come what may I will run We didn't have time to say this but the last time this happened you know what happened The last time this happened David was sitting there another foot runner came and said uh, I've got news for you oh, I said what's the news He said your tormentor Saul and Jonathan died David got so angry that he took a sword and killed the foot runner that came with that news. Can you imagine the risk it took now to deliver the news? It's not just Saul and Jonathan that have died. His own son Absalom has died. It says come what may I'll run. Absalom knew very well if he delivers this bit of news. Sorry, Ahimaaz knew very well if he delivers this bit of news. There isn't any reward. the only possibility is maybe death said come what may i'm going to run i'm going to run I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to outrun everybody that ran first. I'm going to outgive everybody that gave first. I'm going to outserve everybody that served first because I have been given so much. Do you know that the people that made the same mistakes that you made, people that have been through the same troubles you've been through, the people who have faced the same demonic battles you've faced, some of them have lost their mind. Some of them are in a mortuary today. Some of them are 6 feet under today. Some of them are in prison today. But you are here
here in the house of God. You got to show by your life that you are grateful because Jesus has become your portion. He has become your inheritance. He has become your great reward. And it is our privilege to spend the rest of our lives saying thank you. So let me ask you this question. Are you running today? Are you serving today? Are you resisting sin today? Let's go back to the look at this. But you are a, a chosen race, a royal priest to the holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called out into them. Now that this is true, now that you are a royal priesthood, what does Peter want us to know? Look at verse 10. If we can go to the next verse on the same chapter, first Peter. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received. Now, if that is true, how are you supposed to live? Verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Grace is not the license for you to say, God has already made me a holy priest and therefore I don't have to do anything. Do everything in your power to withstand flesh. Do everything in your power to fight sin. Abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. In other words, if you are a royal priesthood, if you are a holy nation, if you have already received mercy, the way you walk, the way you live, the choices you make have to reflect the reality of what God has already done for you. What else? Verse 12. Verse 12, which is next slide. Keep your conduct among Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see the good de- your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. That means your relationship with your community. Verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it is to the emperor as supreme, verse 14, or to governors as sent by him who punish those who do evil and to praise those who are good. That means if you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, we can tell by the way you submit to authority. If you have a problem in submitting to authority, maybe you have met religion, but you have not met Jesus Christ in the fullness. In other words, when you have met who Jesus is, it changes the way you relate to government. It changes the way you relate to people. It changes how you run. You're not waiting for the reward and the rewards don't come. You say, man, come what may. I'm going to run because I am a priest and the biggest reward I can ever get has already been given. You can't rob me of my eternal security. You can't take that away. You may steal my clothes. You may steal my home. You may steal my reputation. But blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. This is my story and this is my song I will be praising my savior all the day long Jesus is mine Jesus is mine and Jesus is yours Jesus is yours and Jesus is yours so as we are creating space to increase our impact I want to give you a few practical ways you can serve God in this church number one I want to encourage you, if you are not serving on a team yet, to go to our website, www.beaconchurchuk.org. Go to the Make a Difference section and sign up on a form there, which will give you all sorts of options to serve. There's people running right here. I don't know, just because these two are my mates and they also like cricket and we like a lot of similar things. I just feel I need to make them run one more time. 
Should we do that? Come on, come what may. You're going to run. You're going to run. Now this is how you should be this week. This is how you should be next week. Come on, Paul. You've got to overtake him. You've got to overtake him. Oops. Oh, there's an obstacle course. Here they come. 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 They arrive together. How are you going to run? Because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Gentiles are watching. In other words, people are watching. People are watching how you're running. When they say, what are you doing on Friday now? I'm sorry, I can't come out. I'm going to church. Why are you going to church? People are watching. People ask you, what are you doing on Wednesday? And well, I can't really. I've got prayer night. What? People are watching. Because how you run matters. People are watching how you run. Because the reward is already given. Number one, if you're not serving in an area, whether it's kids work, cash work, youth work, whether it's sound engineering, production, lights, hospitality, cleaning, musicians, we are looking for people who can say, come what may, I am going to run. I am not working at what the reward is going to be. And I have to deprioritize and create space. Of course, I'm, I'm a priest. I don't need to do any of it. I'm Ahimaz. I'm one of the boys of Levi. God has already told me what my job description is. I'm just meant to worship and pray. But I'll do whatever it takes to run my race. Because people are watching. And I want to run in a way that glorifies God. Hey, all of us are going to die to one day anyway. So let's live for Jesus while we still have got life. Let's live for Jesus while we've still got life. Let's give everything while we've still got life. Let's give our everything while we've still got life. Number two. I want to encourage those who have not yet made a decision to set up a standing order to give to the work of God. The grace of God is free, but the work of God costs money. All these things that you see here, the lights, the staff, the premises, the missions, the operations, the media, they all cost money. And if we had more, we could impact more people so they could also have the blessing that you have today. But if you're not, there are minimized things that we can do. But I want to encourage you. How are you running? See, it's easy to look at people running and saying, Oh wow, I can see them running. But the thing about our wallets and our money is people can't see it. But let me ask you a question. If the world was watching your spending habits, could they say you're in love with Jesus? If the world was watching your spending habits, would they say you're loving with, with, with Netflix more than church? Some of us spend more on Netflix than we spent in a month when we give to God. When we come together on a Sunday morning like this and it's time for the offering, some of us give less to God than we would to Amazon Prime, to Netflix, or even a cup of coffee at Starbucks. God is not looking for because you're already a priest. You don't need to do it. It's all done. God's not going to love you anymore. But if you have met Jesus Christ, who is your inheritance? then the way you run will show the world whether you truly believe, whether you have met Jesus Christ. If the world watched how you spend money, could they say, ah, man, they love Jesus. They love his bride, the church of Jesus Christ. They love it. They love, they love it. And number three, lastly, can I encourage you to make it your goal to invite at least one person to encounter the love of God. You can share it yourself. Or you can just invite them to church. Bring your community here so that they can also hear the good news. That they too can be royal priests. That they too are royal priests if they will accept the free gift that Jesus Christ has given for them. I want to encourage you. If the people in your world 
watched your life and the way you run, would they know you're in love with Jesus? I told you this is one of my life messages. I've been saved twice. I've been saved twice. Number one, on the 12th or the 11th, sorry, 9th of February, 1991, my mother sat me on her bed and told me from the Gospel of John that whoever believes in God, whoever received in Him, God gave them power to become children of God. At that moment, Sujith Alex, according to the book of Ephesians, once an object of the wrath of God, received mercy. And I became a child of God. I will never die again because I missed my funeral, my burial, my resurrection also. I am now seated with Christ in heavenly places. I have been given so much. I've been given so much. I've been given so much. One day if I die and you bury me, don't think that's my funeral. My funeral is already past. I have died with Christ and I've resurrected with Christ. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I have been given so much. I have been given so much. And when I was a baby, the doctor said I wouldn't live to see the age of one. I was born in Nigeria, in Yola, Nigeria. The consultants there at the time said this boy won't make it to the age of one. I had three deadly diseases all at the same time. They tried to resuscitate my body and bring me back to life. 24 hours later, I was discharged. The consultant that looked after me looked at my parents and said, I've never seen anything like this in my medical experience. And added these words. He was an atheist. Somebody was born and raised a Buddhist but a believing atheist didn't have any faith he said only your God could have done it can I tell you that God is your God that story is my story that story is your story you have been given so much and as if as if all of that wasn't enough God says I am your inheritance and your portion who God God said to you that He is your inheritance and your portion. What more do you need? Call that person that rejected you and say, I just want to call you to say, I forgive you. I had no idea how blessed I was. Call that person that cut you out of that that story or that inheritance or that will and say, it doesn't matter because I have already been given so much so much so much so much I said to the person that was leading the service today Rashmi I said we usually are very good at keeping time and keeping the time and making sure that we do things well I said today just because we had all the trouble I said sing that song one more time because we're gonna not going to make setbacks stand in the way of worshipping Jesus and I want to ask you are you going to make the setbacks in your life step away from church, step away from serving God, or are you going to put a foot forward and say, I am going to do everything I can to serve Jesus? Come on, how many of you are going to get your running boots and on and say, come what may, I'm going to run. Anybody else up for some running this morning? Yeah? Anybody else for some running? We got to be running for Jesus Christ. Whatever we do, we got to be running. One of the things we do every Sunday is we finish with a blessing. So if you're able to, will you stand to your feet, lift your hands as you're about to receive a Christmas gift. As children receive Christmas gifts from a a good father, that God will give you a gift. And may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. And may you understand that he is your portion. 
may you understand that he is your inheritance and because of that you lack nothing because of that you lack nothing in your marriage because of that you lack nothing in your career because of that you lack nothing in your walk with god because of that you have everything because you have everything that belongs to jesus whatever is christ's is yours may you have a good week this week may you expect good news this week may you expect good surprises this week and may you run for jesus christ may you run for jesus all the days of your life may you serve jesus give to jesus love jesus serve people serve his church in the best way possible and for all the rest of your days may jesus be your story and may jesus be your song because you have the assurance that jesus is yours beacon church let's give the loudest praise we can to our king of kings and the lord of lords our prince of peace our emmanuel hallelujah 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 lift up a shout of praise in the house i said lift up a shout of praise to the king of kings and the lord of lords because he is worthy of our praise Hallelujah. Hallelujah.